Hi, Becca. Hey, Brandy. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you today as our guest host. Um, as you know, well, I think we talked about it last week, but Chris Nelson is on vacation. And so um, for those of you listening in today, we have a guest host today, Brandy Huff, our associate sales manager out of the Braverin office. Brandy, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, why don't you give the listeners who maybe may or may not know you a little bit of background on who you are? Yeah, that's fun. I um, So I was a Compass agent for two years. Mm lots of experience before that, but at Compass two years and um, recently came over to be part of the management team because how can you not with Becca and Chris leading the ship? It's um, wild and crazy. And a broker asked me today, what is the funniest thing you've heard? And I couldn't pick one. It's It changes every day. So I'm super excited about that. I um, am a mom of seven. I have two grown kids who are gone and then five. Pause, 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 pause. <laughs> I'm sorry. The mom of seven? Yeah, seven. We have a crazy big family, but it's been great. We have four adopted and three bio. Um, our oldest two are grown now and gone, so it feels like empty, but it's actually still five. And we are navigating COVID and homeschooling and um, both with full-time careers, my husband and I. So um, that's like the snapshot of my crazy and um but mostly i'm excited to be on the other side i've already been a guest at the podcast and now i get to interview actually one of my like close brokers we work together a lot he's out of my office and he brings like sparkle and funny and smart so i'm so excited for the rest of gosh just the real estate world and know who he is and what he's about. Well, um, as we wait for him to join us, we'll, we'll, we, we are going to get to know him, but uh, I would love to know a little bit more about, okay, so you've got seven kids. Two are gone, grown. Tell us about the two that are out of the house, because I know they're doing something pretty special and fun. They are. Our oldest two play professional basketball overseas. Um, and when COVID hit, they got stuck where they were. And so um, one is selling luxury real estate in Spain and I can't get over his pictures and Instagram make me jealous every day. I mean, not that the Pacific Northwest isn't beautiful, but like the flats in Spain that he's selling, it's insane to me. And he loves every moment of it. He has a, a stunning girlfriend who's an attorney. Um, they are literally a power couple that kind of got thrown together because of COVID. So that's been a fun thing that's come out of it. And then um, they're twins. And then the other one is in Lithuania and he works for the Lithuanian Olympic Committee. And he does so much with kids and coaching and helping aspiring Olympic athletes to know the direction that they need to go and works with coaches who are coaching aspiring Olympic athletes. So, um, they're incredible humans who humble me every single day with their kindness and generosity and just what they give to the world is special. And I, I know I'm mom, but like, they're really special. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Well, then uh, you also have uh, two enormous beasts. Yeah. So we have two and we got COVID puppies Ooh. Um, and they are two Rhodesian Ridgeback 
plot hounds. They're both 90 pounds and they both absolutely are obsessed with my husband, obsessed, hands touching all the time. So like they'll walk into his office and get up and like pause on until he gets down on the floor and like wrestles around with them. They cry when he's not in the same room. I don't understand. Like I love them more, I think. And they're obsessed with him, obsessed. But it, at any meeting, at any time, you can fully expect them to like make a grand appearance or audibly hear them whining because they want dad. That is uh, crazy. I, I don't know how you do it. And then you also have your girl, right? Your your yeah. sweet, your sweet pup that you've had for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, you have a busy, busy life. I, I I don't know how you do it all. You and me every single day and then of course you're backing up Chris and you and Chris have such an amazing mm. team there at the Braeburn um, and I just appreciate all that you do um, we have an amazing guest today he has been one of the principal owners of the caliber group um, and the caliber group came and joined compass I don't know almost a year ago now is that right yeah, yeah May so we're really coming up on it uh, which just blows my mind. So I I have known Zach now, I want to say it's been eight years, maybe 10 years that I have known Zach. Uh, and Zach and I met each other uh, back when Zach was building the Caliber Group, when he was building his real estate team. He and I, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but but I've known Zach for a long, long time and I have a, an affinity for Zach um, and, and just adore him. So as we get to know him and as you, as the audience get to know him a little bit more, I'm excited for you to meet him, get to know him and his business. He is quite the entrepreneur. Um, and he is quite a generous human being. Um, Brandon, yeah. will you adore him as well? Let's bring him in. I'm from the IRS and I've come to attack your... Hello, hello. Can you put your camera hey. Listen, Zach is, again, like I say, he's been a principal of the Caliber Group. They joined Compass just about a year ago um, with Ian uh, Morrell, who um, also one of the principals of the Caliber Group, and they have just done amazing things um, and have brought their entire team to Compass and have integrated quite amazingly um, with Compass. And listen, we're just going to keep rolling, Zach. We're just going to, we're going to have Zach. The podcast, and we're gonna just dream what you look like today, Zach. Because okay, that sounds good. I have no idea, guys, and I so apologize. Literally, this <laughs> is the very first time my camera has stopped working, and I I've been on a Zoom call or two, so I we're gonna apologize, we'll guys. We'll just draw. Uh, we'll make a meme. Yeah, I, I I know exactly what I'm gonna draw. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Thank you. That and that'll tell me everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Um, we we made the intro, Zach, but I know Brandy Brandy has had as our guest host today. She she's the perfect guest host because I know how much Brandy adores you. And of course, you and I go way back, but we don't have to dig into the depths of all all that I know about Zach. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, why why can't we? That sounds fun. Why don't we do this, Zach? Why don't you give us a little bit of insight? Who is Zach Lazo? Tell us a little bit about you your uh your life tell us about the caliber group and um uh, give our listeners a little bit of insight into who you are 
Okay. Well, first, first, when we're doing this, what do you think the insider? What do you think the? What do you think they want to know out there? What What's some good information to know? I think like well, we tell us who you are, who your family is, right? Tell okay. Who you are, who your family is, what's your background, how'd you get into real estate, and okay. then we have a ton of other cool questions. For okay. You. So okay, start cool. at the beginning. Like Zach was so, a baby. So if you and... there is there is twice the chance that you will see me walking this earth because I'm an identical twin. So we can start with that. Uh, I was the quiet one out of the two of us. Um, I, you know, I don't think a lot of people on my team would even understand this is I was a super shy, introverted individual who would shake, my paper would be shaking in a, you know, in a presentation setting. I would black out. If I had to talk public speaking, I would black out. I wouldn't even know what I said. And it just like, I'd, I'd come to like, I hope I didn't fail. So I was always a very shy person. Um, and so I've learned to be an extrovert over time. And I, th I feel like I'm a, I'm, if I was going to sum myself up, I am a teacher. Uh, I'm an observer of people and I'm a major fan of the entire human experience, good or bad, everything in between. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because I can, I feel very, very comfortable having uncomfortable conversations because I know, you know what, everyone goes through shit. Everyone can be good at a time and be bad a month later and it's all good either way. I am a fan of you. I will be your supporter, your advocate and help you be the best version of yourself. Um, so I started in teaching back in 2005. Uh, the summertime I was off, it was my first year and my twin brother, my now partner, David, you know, David Albers, he was my friend going way back uh, and Ian Morell, my business partner with Compass, they worked uh, or caliber rather, they worked at a lending company and they're like, you're not doing anything for the summer, come and do some loans. And so <laughs> my first taste of anything sales related was my brother's manager at the time meeting me for the very first time and said, hey, Laza number two, here's a stapler, sell it to me. And I'm like, I don't know how to sell. It was like, I, it's a great stapler, you should use it. And so um, within about a year, I realized, okay, the numbers and all that stuff, that wasn't really for me. Um, growing up, we were in a family where my mom would rearrange her furniture probably five times a year and say, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Imagine if we did this. And so we kind of were ingrained with this thought of like, what could a room look like? What if you could knock down this wall? And so when I got into real estate, I had this teacher mentality. So I was never a hard salesperson. I always wanted to educate. And then I had this thing of where it's like, well, I don't really want to go into the warm and fuzzy stuff. I, I did have a numbers background when I was loans. Um, I saw real estate as I want to do this like cool stuff where I go in and improve houses and like reimagine this stuff. So fast forward, you know, I, I go real estate in 2006, but fast forward to like where it really starts for me was 2009. That's where Dave, Ian and myself decided to flip our first house in Bellevue, Lake Hills. Scared shitless. It was a time where short sales were a thing for the first time ever. And we didn't know if you could actually sell a house, if it would sell or not. And so our first house we did was, um, back then we touched every single surface. We knocked down three walls when everyone else said it was lipstick on a pig. And it kind of formed this idea of who we are today. Caliber is, you know, higher degree of excellence, envisioning something bigger. And uh, we did really well. And so we started building up steam one house at a time, then eventually three houses at a time, five houses, and then eventually uh, a, a hedge fund out of New York said, hey, you guys have this awesome track record. 
Uh, put away your wallets. We'll give you 30 million to spend at will. Buy anything. Shitty, tra shitty trailer in Sultan or Mercer Island Lakefront. And Ian was like, dude, we need to have our own sign in the yard. We need to start Caliber Real Estate just for the very purpose of servicing what sounded like the best client of all time. And so in order, just because we knew we had this like massive appetite from this buyer, we started a, a foreclosure auction division because we, we needed to find inventory. We started going after short sales because that was just another instrument to find deals. And then we, you know, got really good at scouting the MLS. And because we got really good at all those things, we were really good at identifying deals. We were really good at si selling houses top of market compared to the other homes within their same marketplace. And so we really understand the, uh, the psychology behind a buyer and we understand what we walk into a traditional seller appointment and we could say, wouldn't it be cool if, imagine if you did this. So we got really comfortable with return on investment related real estate. And so in a nutshell, caliber real estate is to an agent, this is an opportunity. We're not for everyone. If you kind of sit back and look at real estate through an investment lens, we, we do too. We're, we're a melting pot of just all these different personalities, but the one common thread that we do have is we're interested in the investment side of real estate. And a lot of our people will do traditional buyers and sellers all day and they have aspirations to invest. Cool. You're in, um, there's people that slave away at three houses a year and just get their hands dirty. And they don't do a lot of traditional business, but they collect, they collect, they collaborate with the other agents and they help. Cool. You're in too. And so we're very much, um, a people over profits, uh, business model. We're very much, um, if you're good for the whole, you're good. For, you're good with us. If you're willing to be open and sharing, that's the, that's a prerequisite. And so, yeah, that's kind of any long version <laughs> of a short story. Love it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's such a great model and you and I, uh, you know, met kind of back in the day you were, you were, you guys had been doing this for a while. You had, you know, the wheels were on the bus, like yeah. you guys were doing this great. And then that's when you were really building, you know, your, your resale model and your, your, your team, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that's when you and I kind of got to know each other, but let's talk about, um, you know, Brandy and I were talking right before you joined us about the fact that it's been just about a year since you joined yeah. since caliber joined compass. And, um, you know, it's been a year, you guys had your own thing, you, you know, everything was going great. So why, why compass, you know, why did you guys decide to, um, you know, pull up the tent stakes and, 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 and join forces with, with the umbrella that is yeah. talk to us about that. So I guess one thing I know for sure is that because we've brought on a lot of agents, we had opportunities to hear what we provided relative to what other firms provided. So we've, we've already heard, you know, agents that come aboard to caliber real estate, even before we join, join compass are always kind of made us aware of what's out there in the marketplace. Um, but when we met with compass in particular, it was like, obviously it was this big, like, it was like this, like, wow, compass, this big veil, like who's compass, you know, compass is a big deal, but what are they all about? And what I thought was really, really interesting is I had a lot of, um, I guess, you know, prejudices about who compass was before we joined. I was like, there's no freaking way. None of us wear suits. First of all, 
uh, <laughs> half of the time we're walking in from a shitty house and we probably have some residue, you know, on our jackets or whatever. This is um, true. I don't know if we're going to fit this like really like fancy model, but what I found, what I loved about Compass was that, you know, it's really agent centric. Um, what we saw about Compass, because for Ian and I, it was on our backs to figure out what the next steps are. How can we stay relevant? How can we provide value to our agents? And it was on us and we were always the bottleneck. And so when we saw Compass, it's like, okay, shit, you guys have nearly 40 software engineers that are developing things based solely on what agents are asking for. Wow, that's pretty powerful because when I'm not touching it, it's still getting done and it's kind of exponential growth. And so what we saw with Compass was like, yes, you guys do have a lot of really, really cool things going, but it's going to exponentially get more valuable as time goes on because the foundation has already been set. And so any other brokerage is light years behind. They just don't realize it yet because of the groundwork that's already been laid by Compass. So I viewed it as, okay, they have really cool stuff now, but I'm imagining what it's going to look like in a year, three years from now. So in my opinion, it was kind of a, an ROI based decision. The other cool thing about Compass that I didn't realize was you guys have a freaking awesome culture. Um, it's more of a startup environment. It's more of a family office environment. Um, it can be intimidating to a lot of people because there's a lot of big names and, and some big names are freaking awesome and some are less awesome. And, but I think the way that you guys, um, position your culture is that you guys lead with, no, we really should be open and collaborative and sharing. And I think that's great because I think the personalities and you know we're not naming any names that the personalities eventually find themselves on the outside of that culture because you guys are intentional about having a great culture so we are very culture forward you guys seem culture forward as well and the people along the way that you know that got us in the door were just freaking cool people and the more people i meet within your core staff are just awesome people and so i appreciate that about you guys yeah, we, I, I agree. I think our, and it's so interesting to hear you say exactly what I just heard another big team say, Zach, is like the what next. And it's great because Compass already had been working on the what next and that you guys get to like be a part of that and we get to have you be a part of it is such a awesome thing that we're super excited about. I was thinking just now about a conversation you and I had, I guess it's been about a week and a half ago, and I loved it because you started out with like, hey, Brandy, I have always been a closer. I am a closer. People have a really hard time saying no to me, but now. <laughs> I think you might be <laughs> amplifying the words I say. I... <laughs> you always coffee, Zach? I feel pretty confident in a, in a, in a kitchen setting here. Yeah, okay, keep on, keep on going. It's like my head is not going to fit through the door in a second, but go ahead. And, but what I, I thought was so interesting, as you said, right after that is, I feel like now partnered with Compass, it's absolutely like no, they, no listings are saying no to me. Mm. And I, I don't know why, but I mean, I, I'm not in the listing presentation with you. I didn't do all the beautiful marketing that you're taking with you, but like this sense of pride of how excited and proud you were in that moment really made me excited. I would love for you to share, like, what do you think the magic is that, and why you said that? So, um, what I, what's interesting is so because I've in coming here, there has been a relief. I mean, I've probably freed up 30% of my time, probably at least that, 
And with that freed up time, I'm now stepping much more into the sales role. And um, I've been very fortunate this past year to be very active. And I find that like, I was always the person and I still, I'm 70% I'm there that if you are an incredible as a person, most times you're gonna be able to win most listings anyway, if you do your sales process the right way anyway. And so I've always been good at that, at, at understanding what people's true intentions are behind why they're doing something, right? And being totally fine with a no, and a no is totally fine because you know what? You take the pressure off, they probably tell you yes anyway. But the ease at which listings have come when I step into a room and it's like, okay, because there is something to be said, like when you have this compass packet, it looks really good. And I've seen a lot of them, you know, because I'll ask, you know, I'll have my feelers out there always. Compass one looks really good. And I think the simple fact of like what, what the company stands for and what it's known for and the growth, it kind of just bodes well in a lot of people's mind. The fact that it's like a buy interview only, you know, like that's been a big deal. Like, hey, listen, just the simple fact that, you know, this person's in Compass, the reason why they're in Compass is because Compass invited them in versus somebody applying. So um, I feel like it's made it a lot easier just by association. Now, the one thing I will say is I am guilty. I'm sure a lot of people who may be listening to this, I am not maximizing the CRM or a lot of the tools. This is my bad. And I understand that I have weakness here. This is my own thing. Um, so I have a problem and I don't, I don't condone it because I do think that I think that the tools are really, really effective. I love how conversational the CRMs are. I'm one of those people who think that conversations need to be authentic. Um, and CRMs, while they're effective, they can come off as very, just like, just inauthentic, not genuine and just very CRM-y. And I, th I think that your guys's system is very conversational and I appreciate that. But somebody's got to load it and somebody's got to code it and somebody's got to like label it. And I just haven't done that yet. Have, had I done that, and this is, it's funny because like, you know, I have somewhat, what, 50, 60 agents. And I'm like, do this guys, you really need to do this. It's effective, do this. And <laughs> I myself am guilty of it. And that just, you know, goes to show that, yeah, we're all, we all have our faults and that's a fault of mine is being organized. <laughs> you, uh, you have such an incredible team that Zach, I, I don't think anyone notices that that's what you think about yourself. I mean, you, you have such a cool team and you have all these different amazing pillars that really keep, keep it going. So I, I don't think anyone is noticing, but you're, you're a rock star and your team is killing it. So. Thank you. Thank you. I, and you think the thing is, is like, we like to create an environment where we feel safe to talk about our shortcomings. That's literally the key for our team is it's safe. Like you can be whoever, you know, you can be whoever you want to be on our team. And I might, you know, give you some shit, but the other thing is you might give me some shit and I'm great with it. Let's just be authentic with each other, you know, because I'm here to help. Cause at the end of the day, like if you can create a safe environment, they understand the intention behind our group is we're there to help each other. We're there to make each other better. And all of those minds are a lot better than one. And if there's competition, it's friendly competition uh, with, the, with the hope to push each other to be better. So, um, but no, I will say like a, a couple of key team members to help people stay organized would be awesome. Like it, that's the one thing that I've been thinking about. We need to infuse like a, an admin person to make sure every single person 
like fills up that CRM labels them because it's just like it would be so much better for that agent if they just did that it would, that that would be a great return on investment <laughs> well uh zach well, speaking of teams i mean you've got 60 plus people and you continue to add people to your team i know uh you know brandy has an affinity for you know all of your team members and she's done such an amazing job working with you and and your your operations director. Uh, but listen, uh, what what magic makes Caliber so successful? I mean, I, I'm listening to you, I'm listening to you speak, and I, I hear, um, you know, an authentic uh, leader. So I hear someone who's approachable. So I understand why someone would want to join a team when uh, there's a leader who's just like me, right? Someone who's uh, failing at the same things that I would fail at, right? Like, I'm you're just a normal human being like I am, right? So I, I can do all of those things, but there's other things that attract people to you and keep them close to you. So what would you say uh, makes you successful with your team members? That's a great question. Sometimes, you know, like sometimes on, on my off days, I sometimes like, I don't, I don't know, like I'm just really grateful that they're all here. And, on, and then on my good days, like which are usually days after I, we do a training, like we just did a train today on advanced sales training and we like got into role play and did all that stuff. And it's like, you know, this is fucking cool. This is, this is super cool. But I think what people know right away is um, we do have a set of core values and it. And it's specific. It's humble and hungry, do the right thing always, and people over profits. And if we start from there, it really doesn't matter what your personality type is, but if you can have that those core value sets, then we're good. And I practice what I preach in that aspect. I'm humble enough to like, I'm down to listen to any um, anybody's opinion if it means it's, if it's coming from a well-intentioned place. So I think what, what people know about us is that we truly care. Um, but the other thing is that you know, people do want to invest in their retirement. They do want to know that they have something for them in the future. And there's not a lot of people that understand the investment space very well. And so we, because we're established in there, there that is something. And, but I think for me, it's like, I, my people are, I treat them like my best clients in the sense that they're calling, like, I want to make sure and hear them out. And I want to make sure that um, they know that they're cared for as human beings. The business comes second, which the business, you care about them as human beings, you give them the right tools, they will want to care too and do better. Um, so I think that's what it's been. And, and part of it is like, if you just tell people in front, like, hey, we're, we're not for everyone and that's totally fine. But if we are for you, I'm gonna fucking have your back and I'm gonna like boost you up as much as I possibly can, as long as you meet me halfway, you know? And as long as you know that resourcefulness is your biggest resource. And if I tell you something, go and try it then we're good. I, you have my attention, you have my energy, um, and I got your back. So, and I think people feel that. That's, that's awesome. Well, before we wrap it up, I have one more question Then I'm going to let Brandy do the fun stuff. Uh, she <laughs> wrap things up, but if you were, if you were giving advice to someone who is, you know, earlier in the process, mm -hmm. right? So somebody who's looking to start a team or maybe early in the process of, of, you know, they've got a smaller team and looking to build a team. Who's, you know, starting out in those shoes. Um, if you were looking back at a younger version of Zach, you know, five, 10 years ago, what would you say? Five, 10 years ago. Wow. 
Um, I would say, gosh, the power of partners are so amazing um, because, you know, when you're good, when you're down, you know, they boost you up. But I think really is under, I, I, I really do think to establish your core values and your mission and what that means and don't be, and be totally honest with yourself on who you are because great performers don't always make great managers or leaders and that's okay. You know, because you might find yourself being the most kick-ass performer who is like closing high volume of deals. And what you're looking to do is build a team to minimize the stress that you have or get back more time. But those same individuals may need to realize, okay, you know what? If I'm actually gonna add on multiple people, I might need to stay the top performer, but hire on somebody who is more empathetic and who can wrangle the team and make them feel special. Um, so I think really being self-aware, understanding what your strengths are, being real with yourself and understanding what your weaknesses are and fill the gaps to the best people po possible within your weaknesses. Um, and then just decide, do you actually want to do this? Break down the numbers, um, what play out a year, do a business plan, put together, um, you know, faux P and L and just say, does it even make sense? You know, do it, it, what I doing now does, is what I'm doing now. Is that enough? Does that make sense? And just test, like, do I want to do it? And then lastly, I would say, just figure out a couple of people that are uh, aligned with your values or maybe your personality type that are absolutely killing it in what you aspire to do and just simply follow them at first. And if there's a barter that you can offer, something that they don't have and you have, maybe you can earn some time with them and get to know more tactical stuff on how, they, how they're successful with it. So I heard power of partnerships, mm -hmm. become self-aware, mm -hmm. find, find people who are your, your complement, not people who are like you. I heard figure out if that's what you want, because I think so often we, there's this idea of, you know, teams are the thing, right? Mm -hmm. I want that, mm -hmm. right? Do I want that in my life really? Or am I okay being an independent? Yep. You know, producer, and yep. am I okay with that lifestyle? Because sometimes being an independent contributor, the lifestyle that it, it provides you, um, you know, maybe you don't want the trade-off of having to manage people, right? For sure, yeah. Uh, mentorship, you know, finding someone who's doing what you want to be doing, and then uh, finding a way to contribute to that person, and seeing if you can figure out a way to emulate what they're doing. Those are the. Uh things for sure. I think, yeah, I think you hit it on the head, but I think to hit it really hard on the head for the why part, it's just synonymous, like, or it, the situation of a seller wanting to sell because the market's hot and the price, well, that intention and motivation to sell on price because the market's hot is very fickle and brittle. There's a real reason why they actually want to sell or why they can't live without selling. And it's up to us to understand what that truly is, what truly is that pain or pleasure lever deep inside of them that when shit hits a fan or shit gets difficult, you can pull on later. And I think that for us as people, there's a lot, especially top performers, we set goals. We say, we want to make X amount of money or we want to do X amount of volume. And I just say, well, why? Tell me why. Tell me why you would. Tell me why you wouldn't. Tell me more about that. And I just think diving deeper into like, well, why would you want to, if that is your goal? I think that's important. Because you'll need to you'll need to lean on that later. Because you know what, a team is it's freaking hard. Being a being a sole performer is hard enough. 
being a team leader is really hard and it takes a lot out of you. So you have to really know your why and really be able to test that when times get difficult, you know? So that's what I would say. I, I, it's such a great point. And I think, I think oftentimes we engage in things without enough thought about it. Um, because it's the thing to do or we're coached into doing it. You know, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, it's the next step in the process of growth, right? But it, maybe it's not the right thing for us internally. And I think finding our why and understanding how we are wired and really, and you're absolutely right. Like what's behind the reason for the seller to sell truly, right? What's the behind the reason for us engaging in wanting to grow a team. Do you truly want to be a leader? Because developing to, into a leader requires you to grow as a leader. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, you also want to engage in development personally to be a great leader. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't come by sitting back and let others doing for you, doing things for you. Right? Like, and yeah, just, for sure. like, you know, you don't make more money off the backs of others. You make more money because you engage to develop. Yes. Right? Yes. And, um, awesome. and it's the hardest work I think personally I have ever done. I'm, I'm, I'm venturing to guess it's the hardest work you have ever done, Zach. And Brandy, you in your leadership development, I'm guessing it's the hardest work you've ever done. So it is a decision that has to be made with uh, it, the blinders lifted, right? Yes, for sure. And it's okay if you're not a leader and it's okay if you're not a manager type. And that's totally fine because you are you have so much more strength in another area that you just need to lean more into. And that's okay because I know that I am super disorganized, hence Kareem, right? You guys know that. And I think Brandy, I think you said like, Hey, if Kareem wasn't around, you guys would be screwed. <laughs> it was something like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. No arguments yeah. there. So good. Yeah. Well Awesome. Well, I'm going to hand it off to Brandy. She's going to wrap things up. And uh, thanks for your good words, Zach. Love it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Great. Uh, it's been so fun. And now I'm excited um, for everyone to get to know the fun and quirky side of Zach. So here we go. Uh, wine or liquor? Oh, liquor every day. What kind? Uh, I was scotch. I think this year's bourbon. I think I'm venturing to bourbon. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Both, buddy. Although, yeah. although, you know, if I'm going to hang out with you at John Howie soon, I mm -hmm. will, I do really, really love the blue cheese stuffed olive dirty martini. Oh, I haven't had that there, but I just had a version of an old fashioned there that absolutely blew my socks off. It had some kind of like almond smoke in it. It was amazing. So we have to do that too. Order, we order it filthy. So it's like, that's like a half, not half dirty, <laughs> filthy martini. <laughs> Uh, sweet or savory? Uh, damn it. I need them both. I like savory and then sweet, but I guess I would choose savory. That's fine. But it would feel incomplete. I like both. <laughs> All right. Favorite time of year? Oh, this time of year right now. Spring. It's like, it's like optimism right now. Like it just, there's things changing for the better. There's more light. Yep. Yeah. This time of year for yeah. sure. I totally agree. Uh, favorite indulgence? Favorite indulgence? Uh, give me an idea on what that should look like. What's your favorite indulgence, Brandy? Oh, mine. Ooh, mine was definitely shopping. Was it shopping? Uh, 
Yeah, it really was. Oh, yeah. Job. My happy place. Okay, I'll tell you what my happy place is. I have two happy places. Uh, when I have family gatherings, uh, there's way too much food and way too much drinking, and I will indulge quite a bit in both. Other happy place is when it gets summertime, like when it gets to be summertime, 75 degrees, you will find me out on a boat and I can't, it's like, I will put stuff aside. I'm like, dude, I know I'm busy, but like the boat can take precedence. And my favorite drink on the boat is Coors Light. I will never ever drink Coors Light any other time, but on the boat is like my, that's my water. That's my good stuff. <laughs> I love it. Okay, last question. Uh, if money was no object, what would you do? Uh, I would go from port to port. I'm like this person. I just need to know that there's some adventure around the corner. I would want to uh, two bedroom boat and just go port to port and just kind of explore and uh, do a blog on different restaurants and breweries. And I just can't, you know, yeah, yes, I would like to do, you know what, let's do a vlog. Let's do a video log of wow this restaurant was really cool and then i get to drink really good beers along with it and then sail off to the next port not even sail. no sailing. It. it would be a motorized boat yeah yeah sailing is a lot of work that's a lot of work and that's another yeah. that's another yeah indulgence like i gotta have i gotta be comfortable i love it well, Zach, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, as always, you're such a great, great guest. Um, and we just love getting to know you. Always great nuggets from you. Yeah, well, I hope, to, I mean, I'm like looking forward to when we can all get together. I wanna meet some people, you know, like I know that there's like this big group of people, I wanna meet them. So I look forward to like, if you guys haven't, did you guys like do like a white party or something at some point in time? I wanna be invited to that. Oh, Compass Retreats. Yes, sir. Compass Retreat. Yes. Yes, sir. As soon as those are back, we're all going together. All yep. right. That sounds awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we, uh, we really appreciate you being on. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Back. You too. You can leave. You can leave. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Well, what a great guest. I mean, he's such a smart guy, so humble, obviously. I mean, listen to his mission and his, um, you know, his tenants of his company. I mean, I, it's really, really great to hear. What a great guy. Oh, well, we lost her. We, we lost Miss Brandy. <laughs> Well, we'll wrap this up. Uh, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Brandy, for being here. I don't know what happened, um, but we will uh, sign off. Maybe take your your uh, AirPods out. I don't know. Brandy, you are a wonderful uh, guest host today. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's see. Uh, I am going to end this. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Zach, as our guest. And as always, join us next week for another podcast. Have a great one.